Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. It's 5.34 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you this afternoon as the Oilers uh, get settled in down in St. Louis. Starting a three-game road trip with a couple of matinees to round it out. Saturday, they are in Dallas. One o'clock puck drop. And then uh, Family Day Monday. I'm going to say holiday Monday. Family Day is the holiday, and that is a 2 p.m. puck drop mountain time here on a 6.30 Ched. Uh, some guests of Oilers now do receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers now sent you. Okay. We got a lot to talk about here, Elliot, but uh, perhaps the first and, and most pertinent question that I have for Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers, brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. I'm hearing a lot, Elliot, about um, a beard shaving incident. Have you, have you <laughs> shaved your beard what? already today? Were you shaving your beard uh, during our hit last week? What am I hearing yes. about this? You were. That, that is true. I was shaving uh, last week during the hit. As a matter of fact, as you were introducing me, I was finishing with the electric toothbrush, but I turned it off. Uh, just so that people didn't need to hear that as you introduced me here. <laughs> that is spectacular. Well, I th- thank you for pausing your grooming routine here to spend, no problem. spend a couple minutes. No, no, I, I do a lot of grooming at 7.30 Eastern, I guess. I don't really know what to say. Yeah, apparently this is high time for that. Uh, man, I'm sure you had time to watch what McDavid manufactured for the Oilers last night. Spectacular oh. spot to be in Rogers' place. He's a human highlight reel, as we know. And last night, it felt like after that second period that they were going to need some McDavid magic to overcome uh, the hole that they had sort of dug themselves into. Good start to the game, but uh, a treacherous second period, and then he just takes it upon himself. Yeah, it was an incredible performance, and and some of those assists, you feel that they should be awarded two goals on them because they're so good. I hope people out there realize what they have a chance to witness. Um, you know, you look. It's you know, I was in San Antonio. I, I, I was at the Raptors versus San Antonio uh, earlier this week on Monday night, and you know, you look. They have they've gone from David Robinson to Tim Duncan to Wembenyana, who's there now. And that kid the other night, he had in 29 minutes, he had 27 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 blocks. Like he's a pretty incredible guy. And you think about it. Uh, from generation to generation, you go Wayne Gretzky and now Connor McDavid. You know, there's a there's a lot of teams that don't get one guy like that. A lot of cities that don't get one guy like that. And you've been fortunate enough to have two. So, you know, I hope everybody here understands what they're seeing and doesn't take it for granted. Yeah, <laughs> well, without a doubt. We have to almost do check-ins at certain points in the season and remind ourselves that we are witnessing greatness, not to get jaded, not to take it for granted. But when you, you have these encounters like we saw against Vegas and, and ultimately losing to Los Angeles last week, 
week. It is a reminder that this is an imperfect product, and as trade season approaches here, the conversation about just where they need to add most, it's getting mm-hmm. more and more intriguing. You get Corey Perry into the fold, and suddenly you're less desperate for the help up front because you're seeing him deployed up front with success yeah. in the top six of the lineup. So it, it's going to be a very interesting next six weeks, but I think uh, it's almost not a bad thing. I've said this a couple of times. It's not a bad thing that they're having some of the flaws, if you will, exposed by by teams that they may well encounter in the playoffs. Well, I, I think the thing that really helps is that you you have time. You don't have to rush into anything. You're not a team right now that's you know desperate to make it or in a really terrible position. You have time to uh, check out the market, decide what you really want. And the other thing too is if you want more than one thing, which I suspect you do, then uh, you, you have time to figure out you know, what it's going to cost to do all of that. Because, like, you know, the, 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 the guy I think who Edmonton rates the highest is Gensel. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I think that's the guy that they rate, rate the highest um, uh, as who's available out there. Well, if you're really going to reasonably get a guy like Gensel, it's going to cost you your best assets. The best of what you have is going to go to get him. So then the next question becomes, what else can you do? What else do you want to do? And what's that going to cost you? And I think that's kind of what Edmonton's thinking. And also the other thing, too, is you guys are dollar in, dollar out. So anything you do means something has to go out. And, you know, like, I I think we can all look up and down your roster and say, okay, what about this? What about that? But that's the other thing that's going to happen. To do Eckholm, you had to move Tyson Berry. So if you're going to move, if if you're going to do something here, you're going to have to move someone out. And the question is, what is that going to be? And how do you address what that leaves open? And of course, third-party brokering and salary retention, that sort of thing, that also costs either assets or or draft picks. So, uh, you know, it it doesn't put Edmonton in an advantageous spot if they need to go out and and spill basically like all of the, the, spend all the bullets on a guy like Gensel. To me, I understand the interest is there and and would really put the team over the top. Um, It it just, from that standpoint, if you want to plug a few holes, it's, you might, be better served distributing that uh, ammunition a little bit better. Now, uh, he's obviously the main name. Is there any movement, I guess, any new factors into the fold? I heard uh, earlier Brandon Duhame was brought up as potentially a lot more you know, um, not a lot less expensive an option is what I'm looking for there. So, uh, any irons in the fire for Edmonton right now? Oh, well, first of all, I think Brandon Duhame would be uh, a very good option if that's what Edmonton wanted to do. Look, I, I, I think this. I, I think you guys are looking at everything. I think you guys are looking at who's available, what the different tiers are, um, who might have to go out to make it work, who comes back in. Like, I, I think you're doing all of this stuff. And so, but the thing is, like, the thing with Gensel is Pittsburgh is in no hurry. They can play this out for the rest of their 
time, the, the, the next three weeks until the deadline, because they know what they're going to be asking for. And that's going to be something similar to the Giroux deal, which was a first, a third, and uh, Owen Tippett. Now, do they get it? I don't know, but that's what they're going to be asking for. So, like I, like I think you guys are going through this. You know, if it's if it's not say Gensel, what other player are you looking at? Defense? Are you looking at Walker? Are you looking at Sealer? Are you looking at Tanev? I think, I th- and then some of the guys were a bit lower down the list, like the Duhames. Um, You know, there's going to be there's going to be a few guys like that. I like. Put it this way, I, I think you guys are trying to hit at least one home run. And the question is, what do you decide that that home run is going to be? Like, like the Tanner thing to me is really interesting, uh, Brendan, because, um, you know, I, I think he's going to get a second rounder. I think Calgary would love to see if they could get a first rounder out of this. But, you know, the question I have is, is who's going to step up and do that? Is someone going to step up and do that and when? And so that's kind of the way I see it here. Like, like I think with, with Edmonton, I've got to think if that is serious, Calgary is going to want you guys to give up a bit more than anyone else. Because that whole Calgary to uh, Edmonton thing, you know, people have told me it's 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 real. Like it's not like you can't do it, but there has to be a, like an up an up up provincial tax, I guess. So I think that's all part of this. Is you know, what do you want? What's it going to cost you? What are you willing to pay? What else does that allow you to do? And if you don't get your number one choice. What's your backup plan? Yeah, and and to me, there's a lot of good secondary options if you don't get Jake Gensel, if you find yourself in, say, Jordan Eberle territory, Anthony Duclair territory. I don't know if these have been looked at necessarily by Edmonton, but you you think about a a scoring winger, and there are some other secondary options out there if you felt like you needed to reinforce defense first or or whatever that is. Uh, Speaking, Elliot, of... Everly, I just think with Everly, I think Seattle's going to try to sign him first. I do. I, I, I think they want to keep him if they can, if there's a deal to be made, if it gets either too rich or too termy for Seattle's blood, then I, then I think we revisit this. It's a warm and fuzzy story to think about around these parts. Certainly a reunion with, uh, with Aberly. Um, <laughs> a little less warm and fuzzy with Morgan Riley. I want to get some, uh, some thoughts from you on this. We know it's a five-game suspension, and we know he is going to appeal, which everybody anticipated. Yep. Because it's a five-game suspension, the appeal goes to Gary Bettman Are and no further. And uh, mm-hmm. and so I guess, you know, historically speaking, do we see a game shaved off in this kind of situation? Like, what do you think the best case is going to be for, for Riley to make here and, and a potential outcome, I suppose? Well, if you take a look at Bettman's history with these suspensions, he rarely takes games off. Now, the last time he did it, 
Uh, it was actually a Maple Leaf involved. It was Jason Spezza. And you may remember, Brendan, that big crazy game with uh, Winnipeg where, uh, you know, he went after Dylan, uh, or went after Neil Pionk and he need him and he got six games. It was the first supplementary discipline of his career. And uh, Pionk got hurt. He also got suspended. He got hurt and um, he was, and Spezza was suspended six games, but then Pionk returned sooner than people expected. So when Bettman uh, reduced the suspension from six games to four, he used that as his reasoning. He said, um, Pionk returned sooner than anticipated, so he shaved two games off. Now, uh, the same case case isn't here. Um, You know, obviously, Greg played last night. So... Other than that, Batman doesn't reduce Peros' suspensions. Like, there were two earlier this year, Rasmus Anderson and Charlie McAvoy, and he uh, upheld them. He kept them the same. So I kind of expect that Bettman will do nothing here. Look, I had a lot of opinions on it leading in, but now once the judgment's rendered, my feeling is kind of, you know what? Uh, This is the way it is. This is how he decided. Now you've got to deal with it. Um, I know a lot of people who thought the Maple Leafs were going to get clobbered last night, and it certainly set up for them to do it, but they played very well. The Blues were horrible, and they won. But you have no choice right now. There's no point in complaining. There's no point in whining about things. Now you just have to deal with life without Morgan Riley for another four games. I, I wouldn't expect that that suspension is going to be reduced. And in theory, that should be a real big loss for Toronto, a team that has been looking yep. for help defensively all year. And traditionally speaking, they actually fare pretty well when Riley's out of the lineup, don't they? They do. Uh, it's one of those fluky stats I really have no explanation for. Um, you know, he leads them in ice time this year by two and a half minutes. Um, he's fourth on their team in scoring. The next defenseman on the team in scoring is is Jake McCabe, who's 26 points behind him. Like that's a it's a huge drop off. But it is weird. I don't know why their record is so good when he does. Thanks. But I'll say something last night too. Like Tavares and Marner were sick, and they were really good. You know, I have to tell you, there's something weird about this team. Uh, Brendan, and that is that, uh, you know, their their core four takes up so much oxygen that other players on the team, at times they've been talked about, it's like the core four and the other 14, the other players lack identity. And last night with only two of them playing, and actually Nylander was sick today and didn't practice, they play again tomorrow. Um, it almost looks as if those other players really love the opportunity to say, well, these guys aren't here we get more of a chance. And the guys like Domi in particular took a real advantage of it last night. And Bobby McMahon. Yeah, you got a hat trick, didn't he, Bobby yeah, McMahon? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chatting with uh, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. i got to get your thoughts on um, on Phil Kessel working out with the Vancouver Canucks. Good for Phil. I, I would love to see something come to fruition for him. I, I know it's been bandied about, maybe in Edmonton Oiler, but uh, to see him working out in Abbotsford, I mean, how much uh, how much is there potential for fire where we're seeing some smoke? I think, uh, put it this way, I think, Brennan, unless 
they look at him and say he cannot play, he's signing there. Wow. I just don't think that uh, – uh, just one sec, buddy, okay? Just wait one sec. Uh, you know, I really do think that uh, – like in my history, when a player like that goes up and joins a team – and goes up to the city and skates with the AHL team, it's basically, yeah, okay, we just want to make sure, like, his legs don't fall off or something <laughs> like that. And so I, I think unless this really goes sideways, I'm expecting him to sign there. Is this surprising fit with Rick Tockett, or am I making something no. there? Well, no, don't forget, Tockett had him in Pittsburgh. Like, they won yeah, two Stanley right. Cups together, yep. and Tockett was kind of like the, the Kessel Whisperer there. Like, they were like, Rick, you deal with him. <laughs> and and Tockett and, and talk really liked it. Um, I, you know, I, I got to tell you, I really like Ketzel. I uh, At the beginning, I was kind of like, obviously, I, I was I saw him a lot here in Toronto. And, you know, I, I don't know that you can win if he's your A guy. But I think if he's a support player, like a really high-level support player, uh, then you can do really well. Like that like that Pittsburgh team with Crosby and Malkin and Latang, he was perfect for them. You could put him on his own line, the third line. He almost won the Conn Smythe one year. And he is a hilarious guy. Like people really like him. Like his teammates really think he's hilarious. And you know, I'll say I'll say this, uh, Brendan, like like in the playoffs you're going to need that one miracle goal from someone where you're like, that goal, that goal from the guy we weren't expecting saved us or won us the Stanley Cup at some point along the way. And Phil Kessel can still do that. I've got, just give me a, a quick rip on what you can tell us about this potential deal for Markstrom to the Devils falls apart after we yep. were told that uh, uh, a no trade list thing was waived. So what happened? Well, like I, I knew they were pretty far along. Um, it is, and it was very serious. Like um, it, it, the the thing that was really weird about it is usually it doesn't go to the player until it's done. Like that's usually the final thing. Obviously, that didn't happen. I think they're. I think they had mostly agreed on the package. Um, I, I think like Holtz was a, was a part of it. Um, but the issue is, I believe, was retention. Now, I want to say something here because I haven't seen everything that's been online the past couple of days, but I've had, you know, at this time of year, it's impossible to keep track of everything. But, you know, in Calgary in their history, they've only retained money on one deal, and that's David Riddick, a deal that had no term. And Markstrom has term. And what someone said to me, it's not that Calgary won't retain um it's that cal it's calgary sets a high price on retention like earlier this year calgary and toronto before zadorov got traded to vancouver toronto and calgary were talking about a zadorov and tanner deal going to toronto but the the maple Leafs needed the flames to retain i think on both players and so they had a deal for the players and then comes the deal for the retention and I'm not exactly sure how it all unraveled here, but I, I believe that was the issue. It's not that Calgary was unwilling to retain. I think they are, but the price they set on the retention. And that's, that's I think, what broke up this deal. All right, Elliot, I really appreciate the time tonight. I'm going to keep my eyes open for your cameo appearance in Law & Order Toronto when that premieres next week. 
I'm going to be the guy getting arrested, I have a feeling. <laughs> Appreciate your time, Elliot. Take care. All right, Brian. So Bob's in St. Louis tonight? Yes, that's right. I think they landed a few minutes before the show started. Oh really? Yeah. I'm surprised like he didn't like he didn't take like a roving studio off the plane and just demand to host it. I know, just call in from the phone on the tarmac. I could see it. <laughs> All, All right, right man. Thank you, you very much. You Elliot Friedman. And it uh, sounds like Max was there with him as well. It is 5.53 in Edmonton. We do have Oilers hockey coming up uh, tomorrow on 6.30. Chad, they take on the Blues. That one is a 6 o'clock puck drop mountain time. We'll get to some of your texts at 780-496-0063. Thanks for spending Valentine's Day with uh, me, Brendan Escott, here on 6.30. Chad. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, it's actually with Brendan Escott, and that's because Edmonton is in St. Louis ahead of tomorrow's action against the Blues, a Blues team that is struggling right now. Uh, not very good in their last action against Toronto, you heard Elliot say there. But we'll find out how they fare on home ice against this Oilers team 6 o'clock tomorrow night on 6.30 Ched, and that means we will be on the air at 3. Hey, you can join New West Travel on an exclusive road trip to Dallas this April. Watch the Oilers play the Stars. Uh, New West pack, New West travel package, excuse me, includes airfare, four nights in a deluxe hotel, great game tickets, and a reception with Bob. And you can complete your trip with an optional AT&T stadium tour and an American League baseball game. Everything bigger in Texas, including this road trip. Call New West Travel today or visit them at newwesttravel.com. Uh, yeah, a couple texts here at 780-496-0063. Uh, this one says Eberly is too soft for the playoffs. That could be an old trope, but there could be some merit to that. I think that 33-year-old grizzled veteran Jordan Eberle would probably have more to offer you in a playoff setting than 28-year-old Jordan Eberle, who was ultimately traded out of town one-for-one in uh, a pretty frustrating deal. Not as frustrating as the Strom for Spooner deal. But it was still tough to see Eberly leave town the way that he did. And frankly, I think that's why a lot of people are excited about the idea that there could be a reunion. Now, if the ask is too high, I agree with this texture. I, I would probably want somebody with a little more grit in theory. But they did just add Corey Perry as well. It's a good text, and we're going to enter it in the text of the week draw, where winners receive three months of washes at Bob's favorite car wash, Great White Car Wash, 10004 169th Street. Thomas Dias has a Global News weather traffic update, and then we're going to dig a little deeper into that 8 4 victory and this upcoming road trip with Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network.